We go and grab a quick bite. We watch a movie, then fight. We're the fast food film friends. You're listening to Fast Food Film Friends, the show going off the rails and speeding toward catastrophe, hosted by a couple of twins whose fate may not yet be determined, but is likely just diabetes. <laughs> this week, we're talking about Bullet Train, mm. the latest action comedy starring Brad Pitt and many, many others. Lots while, of folks. While eating Muya's Hamburdog. <laughs> Which is pretty much exactly what it sounds like. I am. Uh, I had never heard of this food item before. I'm very intrigued by it. It is in route, and I cannot wait till it gets here. Uh, from IMDb, the plot summary of Bullet Train reads as follows. Five assassins aboard a fast-moving bullet train find out their missions have something in common. Mm, and from Muya.com, the Hamburg Dog features <laughs> fresh, never-frozen certified Angus beef topped with a Hebrew national all-beef hot dog, mm. cheddar cheese, bacon, jalapenos, fried onion strings, and ketchup atop a potato bun. Big fan of potato buns and a big fan of every other ingredient you just listed Doesn't on there. this sound great? I think it could be great. I think it could be great. I've made these uh, at many a barbecue throughout my life. I like a little combo. You know? So describe, you know, this is an audio format. What is, it, what is this? <laughs> this is a burger that it looks like they very intricately split two hot dogs on top of each burger. Yeah. Uh, and so kind of cut them in half, lay them flat. So you got four little half hot dogs laying across the top of a patty, topped with all that other good stuff, bacon, jalapenos, onion strings, which are my favorite. And I think it would be great. A lot of times, if I'm at a barbecue, I don't want you know to eat two buns, but I definitely want more than just a burger or more than just a dog. So I'll kind of plop them together on one bun and just shove it all into my gullet without chewing. It kind of looks like uh, four bullets. On oh, top of a burger? Oh, it does. It does. Um, it probably would, is not moving very quickly. Though, <laughs> it's going to make us not move very quickly. That is 100% correct. They, they were a, a steep price for these things, too. Thirteen fifty a pop, which is, uh, I guess, for a hamburger dog. I don't know what the market is these days for a hamburger dog. I don't know. <laughs> this is our first time doing Moo Ya. Um, yep. You actually... Was it our last episode when you talked about their, um, like, the lettuce, yes. what are they called? Lettuce burger. Lettuce in place of a bun, essentially. Yep. It's a healthy alternative. Yep. I've since tried it, and I now, it's one of my favorite it's things great. to get. It's great. It's not like a lettuce wrap. It's like literally a head of lettuce cut in half as your bun, and it is so dang good. It is the polar opposite of the hamburger dog. That is correct. That is correct. Uh, the hamburger dog was not listed under their lifestyle selections <laughs> like the paleo lettuce burger was, but... Uh, you know, what can you do? I'm still excited to eat it. I think we're going to feel like crap, but I, I can almost guarantee that we're going to like this food. Just like I could almost guarantee going into this movie that I was going to like this movie. Hey, don't get ahead of yourself. Okay. Okay. Now, before we talk about the contents of the movie. Yeah. When you watch this movie, weren't you just the whole time thinking, God, I wish we had bullet trains. Uh, oh my God. Absolutely. Just the whole time I was thinking trains. Yeah. We just need trains. Yeah, like, we need why trains. do we not have more trains? Because it just makes so much sense. Like, oh, I can get across so many places in a day, especially if they're moving at this speed. Like, you know, we could get to any major city in the U.S. in like two hours. It'd be great. You could uh, witness so many assassinations. You could. Uh, you know, you're getting stuffed animals. You're getting snacks. You're getting treats. There's meals. There's booze. What else? I mean, what more could you want? Uh, and you're moving fast through some beautiful scenery. Um, I love train travel. Like, Honestly love it. I've done it in Europe mainly because they actually know how to utilize trains. Mm -hmm. uh, never done a train ride in the U.S., I don't think. 
No uh, train at all? That I can remember. Like a, a subway or an L in Chicago or something like that, but not like a... Never like an Amtrak or something. Maybe once in college, uh, but the memory would be a bit blurry because we were going down there uh, to drink hard to Chicago, I believe. But I love it. It's like so convenient. My, I really want to plan a trip to take like a long intercontinental train ride across Europe and Asia. And I just love trains. I love trains. Ever it, since I w- saw Harry Potter as a kid, I think, I yeah. knew I wanted to be on trains. If you could snap your fingers... And there could be a bullet train route, just a, a one stop to the other from your neighborhood yeah. to anywhere in the U.S. Yeah. One spot, no other stops. What yeah. would it be? Arby's. Two stops. That's it. <laughs> bullet train. <laughs> I want it fast. I want it fast. I want that food getting cold. No, I think I would probably go uh, Ixtapa, Mexico. I said U.S. Well... I don't abide by your rules. Uh, all right. I'll Give stop. me as close to the border as possible. All right. If it's U.S., I mean, I got to think of like where my family is and all that stuff. But uh, maybe just like Seattle, Seattle, Washington, I sure. think would be good. You know, a good hub. Actually, I'm going to change it. I'm going to change it to Denver, Colorado. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good hub. You know, they got an airport there. They got mountains. They got lakes. I think they got everything. Red I Mars. would go to uh, Sandy Springs, Georgia. You know really? Why? Um, the, is at the birthplace of Arby's? It's the headquarters of Arby's. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> did you just look that up or did you know that off? off uh, hand? I already knew that. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's sad. <laughs> That's very sad. That's very sad. Uh, I did not know that. That's where they were based. But yeah, I'm glad we're on the same page uh, with Arby's for sure. Speaking of things that are sad, um, <laughs> it's been a long time since you and I just, you know, sat down. Yeah. Talked about what the hell we've been doing. Mm-hmm. My feet hurt. We've been standing for way too long. <laughs> what do you say we uh, do some nimble news? Let's do it. Nimble news. Nimble news is the part of the show where we review all things new as quickly as we can do. That means new music, series, purchases, experiences, even new food or movies that we don't have time for in our main discussion. Mm-hmm. Kevin, you, you got some locked oh and loaded? My God, you don't even know how many new things I've been trying. <laughs> I've just been trying new things all the time. I got so many. I'm going to cut it down. I can't do them all. That's too many. Let's hear it. Nathan, I was finally able to get my hands on Taco Bell's Toasted Cheddar Chalupa. This is something that had eluded me to this point. Uh, I had tried to get it several times, and it had been sold out at several Taco Bell locations. Uh, When I say several, I mean once. Um, But it was put (laughs) on my radar. you got to start calling like I do. Yeah, I I know. I don't ever want to call a fast food restaurant because I just feel like that's a line that once you cross, there's no going back. (laughs) Then Uh, you're going to start memorizing where they're all based. (laughs) Yeah, then you know all the numbers by heart, and you're just calling them to say hi. Uh, but I pulled up, I ordered it. I was like, you know, I like a chalupa myself. Um, I've seen them put cheese on countless objects at Taco Bell and sometimes it elevates. Sometimes it doesn't really do much. You can't tell the difference. Um, this thing, I don't know if they're an LTO or if it's a regular menu offering that's going to stick around. Um, regardless, I would recommend, um, you know, getting out and trying it for yourself. Uh, cause you know, you can, you're going to hear what I think about it, but you know, it's best to discover on your own. I took one bite of this thing and it absolutely blew my mind. It is so delicious. The texture combo of that kind of soft, chewy chalupa with the crunchy, crispy cheese on the outside of the shell, along with whatever flavoring they're putting in that melted cheese on a dirty Taco Bell grill. I imagine that just is covered in delicious grease and drippings from other devices and Mm. things that have been on there. Um, It exceeded all of my expectations. uh, And I absolutely loved it. I have not gotten it since. Uh, I think it might be one of those experiences that I just want to remember my one first true time. Sacrosanct. Sure. Uh, I'm going to Google what that means right after this when it's your nimble news. Uh, But yeah, toasted cheddar chalupa at Taco Bell. I cannot 
recommend enough. Uh, it was just, it surprised me how much I loved it. I put it down so quickly, it was disgusting. Like, the if you would have watched me eat that, you would have been repulsed. Uh, I mean, we've watched each other eat a lot of things. Oh, I know. That's why I'm making this very important distinction. That <laughs> the speed in which I devoured it was repulsive. Kevin, I like root beer. Oh. I also like ice cream. In theory... <laughs> I like the idea of them together. Mm-hmm. So I should like root beer floats, right? But I just don't care for them for two reasons. Number one, they're usually just too foamy. And it's a different kind of foam than your typical soda foam mm-hmm. that kind of goes away after a bit. It's this more creamy foam. Yeah. You have to either work around it or just eat it. I love that foam. Airy. Second reason I don't like root beer floats. What tool are you supposed to use to consume a root beer float? You want a straw for the root beer, Mm -hmm. but a spoon for the ice cream. Mm -hmm. Using one or the other to eat the entire thing is just not ideal. You're either scooping up liquid with a spoon, Mm -hmm. or you can let it sit for a good while, let the ice cream melt, and then you just drink it all up. But when it comes to sweets, I'm not a patient guy. (laughs) Sure. You you know that marshmallow test they do on kids? They put one in front of them. They say, if you can wait 10 minutes Mm -hmm. without eating this, we'll give you two. Mm -hmm. I would fail that every day I to this that. day. I believe that fully. If I order a dessert or I make a dessert, it's because I want to eat it and not look at it. <laughs> all in all, root beer floats are just not for me as much as I want to like them. But guess what, Kevin? <laughs> I was going to say, is this just a nimble on your general <laughs> feelings towards root beer floats? <laughs> guess was... what? Someone listened. Someone heard that cry for help from me and from the countless people like me. And they gifted the world a solution. And that someone is Culver's. And that gift is their new root beer shake. Oh. It has the flavor of a root beer float made with great tasting root beer. But the consistency of a perfectly creamy, fluffy milkshake. Mm. It is a true delight. And if you need to find me anytime soon, look in the Culver's drive through where I've been going all summer long. Man, that does sound really nice. Culver's has great root beer, too, just normally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a big fan of root beer floats. Uh, I like to do a spoon-straw combo myself, just keep mowing it down. Uh, but I will say there's somewhere, I think it's A&W, that has a straw. And then on the end, it's kind of got a little dingle hanging off that's like a little miniature spoon on the bottom of the straw. So you can slurp mm-hmm. and do a tiny little scoop. It's like a, you know, long, little skinny spoon. But it's perfect for root beer floats. It's got to mm-hmm. be A&W, because who else is doing that? To invest in those kind of things. Uh, but I think you're missing out on a lot of great uh, root beer floats. I mean, I've had many. It's one of those things that every couple of years I'm like, I should get a root beer float. I've yeah. got to like this. Yeah. But now I know. I hope that Culver's keeps it around forever. I hope it's not an LTO, as you said. Yeah. That's limited time offering for uh, the listeners who aren't quite in the know. Nathan, I got plantar fasciitis. Which is a terrible, annoying thing in your foot, which just makes it hurt to walk everywhere. So now I can't go barefoot anywhere, including my home. This is like me complaining about root beer floats. It's very similar. Uh, <laughs> I won't get into creaminess or foam at all, but uh, very similar. Uh, regardless, I've gotten some new shoes in the house, so I needed a pair to just slip on and slip off. And I thought, what shoes are known for comfort, easy to put on, adaptable, durable Mm -hmm. uh and i thought wow i'm gonna order a pair of crocs yeah you have to even after after years of shitting on everybody who wears crocs uh i still hate crocs i just want to make that clear i don't support buying crocs um but i pulled the trigger i bought them i bought them and they came they're on my feet right now uh and i'll say "Eh, 
They're fine. I thought I had really high expectations because everyone's always like, oh my God, crops. Oh, my feet are in heaven. They're fine. They're fine. They support you. They're fine. They're a little soft. They're a little, not quite as soft as I had thought. Um, but they do the trick and I'll uh, continue to wear my stupid black Crocs only in the house. Nobody will ever see me in these <laughs> other than you. Um, because I'm embarrassed, truly, through and through embarrassed that these uh, are in my possession. Um but if you're looking for a pair of just kind of house slippers and want to be a real piece of shit with me, uh, snag yourself a pair of Crocs. <sighs> can we cut that? Because I don't want people to know that I'm wearing Crocs. <laughs> it means a lot that this can be such a judgment-free zone. Um, you know how uh, how much I hate preconceived notions, right? Mm-hmm. I like giving everything a chance. Mm-hmm. Crocs were just, it, it's literally just because they have the holes in them yeah. and they just look weird. Yeah, And because of that, they became the most shat on piece of well, like American culture for years. Yeah. Like nothing was looked down upon more than that. Because and everyone who has it, it's like this secret society of people who are like, Crocs are good. I don't think there's a secret society. I think it's very, I think everyone who likes Crocs is very upfront with their Crocs and their little Croc. Uh, what do they call the little things you put on Crocs? A dials. Uh, <laughs> I know they have Croc truck nuts now, which are great. <laughs> Uh, I saw those the other day and I almost thought of snagging a pair, but no, they're, um, you put them in the holes. They're like, uh, they're like widgets for Crocs. It's like, uh, oh my God, this is going to absolutely kill me. Croc accessories. Hold on. Croc plugs? No. Oh, they have spurs. You can get gibbets is what they're called. Gibbets. Uh, you customize your Crocs with gibbets. So they're like. You know, you can get little question marks or footballs or apparently Lilo and Stitch has a gibbets. But like all these little stupid things you can get on for like your school or gummy bears and things like that. You know why those are so hot? Because if you get enough of them, you can't see the stupid holes. That's true. That's true. But it's just like it's like a, the phone cases of like the early 2000s. I feel like just way too much going on. Also just looked up sacrosanct and yes, agree with your earlier usage. Kevin, I saw Elvis. which stars Austin Butler as the king of rock and roll and Tom Hanks as his manager, a guy named Tom Parker. Mm -hmm. This movie is directed by Baz Luhrmann, who's best known for movies like Moulin Rouge, the Great Gatsby remake from a while back. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you've seen those movies or any of his movies, you know that Baz is all about pizzazz and quick cuts (laughs) and and flashy costumes. Everything is over the top Mm -hmm. and larger than life. And with Elvis... Baz Luhrmann has just truly outdone himself. It is impossible to overstate how the first 30 to 40 minutes of this movie are pure, unfiltered, sensory overload. And it's not just that the editing is fast-paced. This movie uses split-screen, not just to show two different things happening at the same time, but at points, five or six different things in different quadrants of the screen. No way. Any other director would choose to cut from a shot of this person, to that person, to a wide shot, to a close-up. But Baz Luhrmann thought, what if we took these film strips and instead of splicing them together, we just put it all through a shredder and see what happens. The end result is a whirlwind of a movie. Some have described Elvis as a giant two-and-a-half-hour trailer. Mm -hmm. I think it's more like an hour-long bender, followed by an hour-and-a-half-long, actually pretty standard biopic. Like, it uses up all of its juice flying through the most exciting parts of Elvis's life. And then when it slows down, it spends so much time 
focusing on this manager character played by Tom Hanks. And it's so frustrating because Austin Butler, who's playing Elvis, is electrifying. He is on fire in every scene, whether it's a big musical performance or a more understated emotional scene. I'm not familiar enough with the real Elvis to know if he nailed like every little mannerism. To me, what matters more than that is that he demands your attention in the way that Elvis demanded people's attention. He captures that essence from start to finish. But there are so many times in this movie where Elvis is being Elvis. He's just magnetic. I'm eating it up. All the grannies in the theater with me are eating it up. And then we jump back to Tom Hanks, whose character, Elvis's manager, is so uninteresting and whose performance is bad, which I did not think Tom Hanks was capable of. Now, I don't think it's all Tom's fault necessarily. If he was in this movie for like 15, 20 minutes, Mm -hmm. I think you could just kind of shrug him off. But he has almost as much screen time as Elvis, which on one hand, it's kind of baffling. But I also understand how a director might be kind of anxious about relying mostly on this young actor Mm -hmm. to carry a movie like this. So Baslerman probably thought initially, just to be safe, we're going to put this fresh young guy alongside a veteran, Tom Hanks, who everyone loves and who always at a minimum is good in every movie. So the the two of them will kind of share the heavy lifting and there won't be too much pressure on Austin Butler. But what we got instead is this great star-making lead performance sharing the spotlight with this wet blanket with a bad (laughs) accent, which is just so unfortunate. So in six months, Mm -hmm. when Austin Butler gets nominated for an Oscar, check out Elvis. And if you fast forward through the Tom Hanks scenes, I won't tell anyone. I'm really excited to watch this movie now. I've I've been like, I did not get out to theaters to see it because uh, it just didn't really pique my interest by any means. Um, but I've heard all similar things. Like it's, if you like Baz's style, it's just nothing but that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like a, a, I like a Tom Hanks in a fat suit, you know, I'll, I'll probably even enjoy those parts, but wow, I'm intrigued. I'm mostly intrigued by your review. You did not turn me off from it at all. You actually turned me more onto it. I mean, it's a very interesting movie. Yeah. And like, even for the performance alone, it's worth watching. Okay. I just, I just don't think it does what it's trying to do. Mm. Fair. I wish it was trying to do something different. Yeah. I will tell you that the, uh, the theater I saw it in, like I said, very old crowd with me, which, yeah. and they were loving it, which was such a great way to watch this. How could you tell where they, uh, Oh, like audibly like, Oh my turn God. Turn up the oxygen tank a bit. <laughs> to give them- the people, the group behind me, couple times in the movie they were kind of whispering to each other very loudly like they didn't understand lines or something and then like two hours into this movie one of them asks a question of the other and the guy goes tom hanks (laughs) and i was like look the fat suit is not that good like you can tell it's tom hanks oh that's good that's good Nathan, I may have done a NIMBY on this earlier, in one of our early episodes, on a show called Only Murders in the Building, uh, but I'm not 100% certain. Uh, season two is out right now. New episodes coming out. I'm watching. Um, it's with Steve Martin, Martin Short, Selena Gomez. Mm-hmm. Um, the trio everyone predicted. I loved the first season. It was great. The second season started off you know, on a similar tune. Uh, and I just watched the newest episode last night. Um, this would be episode eight, I believe. Uh, and it is just getting so ridiculous and poorly written and unbelievable. There is a point in this, in this show where a man's daughter is in danger and these three sit around 
bullshitting and workshopping stuff and talking about dips and life and dips is in like the food, like food you would dip food into. Uh, no rush at all. And this it's, it's just, I'm, it blew my mind how, how a writer could sit there and be like, yeah, these people would be acting this way in this situation. They'd be like strolling along chit chatting when they know somebody's in imminent danger, especially their daughter's in imminent danger. And it absolutely ruined the show for me. I will not recommend this show to anybody else ever again. It's dumb. The acting's dropped off so far. I feel like it's just absolutely jumped the shark in the worst way. And it uh, is now a bad show. Uh, so I may have recommended this show uh, and would still recommend season one. But uh, stop watching Only Murders in the Building uh, before you get as let down as I was after watching that one. Kevin, I finally did it. I discovered the perfect summer album. I'm always looking for new tracks to add to my summer playlist here and there, but I think this might be a first for me. An entire album, front to back, hit after hit after hit. It's this band from Minneapolis, mm. just like you. Yeah. They're called Night Moves. Yes! And the album is called Pennied Days. They've got lots of other good music, too, but this one album from 2016 is just excellent. It, it sounds like it sounds like if you took Fleetwood Mac, mm -hmm. Harry Styles, mm -hmm. MGMT, and maybe some like Rolling Stones, put them together in a room, and the music they would make together might kind of sound something like this. I think that no matter what genres you're into, even what era of music you're into, mm -hmm. I think everyone could appreciate this band, Night Moves. And when I first found this album, I thought, how have I not heard of them? They have to be huge. These songs sound like they're made to be played at music festivals yeah. or all over indie radio stations. But I looked them up, and they're a tiny band. Mm -hmm. Their music videos get... A few thousand views. I don't get it. I feel like their lucky break just hasn't quite happened yet. And then when the right person hears them, they could absolutely be the next big thing. Maybe the quad F bump Ooh, is what they need. That's probably what they need. So next time you're doing something summery, maybe you're grilling, driving with the windows down, sitting on the porch, hanging out at the beach. Mm -hmm. You're just looking for some tunes to fit the vibe, that summer soundtrack. Throw on Pennied Days by Night Moves. I think you'll dig it. I'm going to listen to the whole album tomorrow. I, I know I've listened to one or two of their songs, because that sounds super familiar. Might have the inside track, you know, being from the same spot. Mm -hmm. um, might know some of them. Who knows? Got to look up who's in there. Uh, but I will be checking them out big time. Nathan, we went to see the movie Nope, Jordan Peele's newest flick. We did. We left that place and argued about whether we should do an episode about that movie. Uh, and then argued about several other things as well, uh, as we tend to. Um now, for listeners, this is my NIMBY on Nope, and then I'm sure Nathan will have a retort, and we'll get into a nice uh, brawl of words. I really enjoyed Nope. I thought it was a great self-contained thriller, um, had some really good horror elements. The cinematography, I think, in this movie is gorgeous and just made my jaw drop uh, at several different points throughout the movie. I think the performances are all great. Uh, from the whole cast. I mean, honestly, I don't think anybody gives a bad performance. Um, I mean, we got obviously Daniel Kalua, Kiki Palmer, um, Brandon Perea, who's the AV guy who I think is maybe my, one of my favorite characters from this. Um, Steven Yoon, Michael Wincott, all fantastic. Um, I loved the pace of it. Actually. I think the mixing of the different stories uh, throughout the movie and um you know, I think it was kind of similar to us in, in the sense that, you know, the first three-fourths of the movie, in my mind, were near perfect. The last fourth was a little farther from perfect, but not not nearly enough to ruin the whole thing. 
Um, and I just thought that like the overall message of, you know, trying to capitalize on spectacles and try to tame wild beasts and um, things like that to, to make money and, and the results that follow. Um, I just really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I know you didn't, and I have no idea why you did not. Um, but I'm excited to argue about that for like the next uh, 30 to 40 minutes. Um, but overall, nope, I think it's definitely worth seeing in theaters. I think it was uh, a very fun ride, and I would highly recommend nope. I would recommend nope. Um, <laughs> I think that uh, at the root of my dislike of nope is the fact that I've come to terms with the fact that I'm probably never going to be able to give any Jordan Peele movie a fair chance ever again, because I think that get out Mm -hmm. is a absolute masterpiece, perfect filmmaking. One of my favorite movies. Yeah. I cannot believe what a good movie it is. You feel the same way about Moulin Rouge and Boss. (laughs) Negative. (laughs) You know, the, the, I think that the knee jerk reaction to that would be, well, you can't just expect him to make the same movie again. I don't. When we reviewed us a few years ago, Mm -hmm. I, pointed out that I actually didn't like that us felt too similar to get out. I want him to do different things. I do not at all mean to say when I say that I'm judging him unfairly for get out, that I want him to make the same movie again. I want him to do whatever he wants to do. Give him all the money to do whatever he wants to do. I think that the uniqueness of Nope is what I like the most about it. Mm -hmm. That's all that I appreciate about it was the fact that like, there's no other movie that's really anything like this. And that's awesome. And it it does look, I want to be distinct about this. The cinematography, mm-hmm. this IMAX, like, you know, it's on these plains, yeah. these mountains. It looks amazing. Yeah. Now, you mentioned that these themes of it being about, um, we're not going to go into spoilers or anything, but it, it, it's largely about how we um, are obsessed with documenting things and, and exploiting things. Mm-hmm. And um, these characters, I, I think that they're fun characters. I mean, Daniel Kaluuya, I think, is literally one of the best actors of his generation. Fully like, agree. He's great. Fully agree. Kiki Palmer is very fun to watch mm-hmm. in this movie. I think that they're, uh, what they do in this movie, I don't understand why I'm supposed to give a shit about where this movie ends up. I think that the, the climax is supposed to be really powerful. And I felt like that's what this movie's all about is them doing this thing. There was that thing. Also, <laughs> there's this like, there's this, uh, recurring, um, almost unrelated subplot mm. about a monkey. Yeah. That it's totally related. That's okay. There's a scene with the monkey that is chilling. Yeah. Absolutely chilling. Mm-hmm. And that was the moment I was like, okay, now I'm in. Yeah. This movie is great. Turns out that was just like a very brief moment. And it's just like, it, the movie does not go reach any heights like that again. <sighs> oh. And it's I, th- just, it's I think it's so clearly, I like, think, I don't know how okay, you can call I, it unrelated. Yes, I, yeah. Get, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get right, that, right. like, in themes, it's connected. I'm not saying, like, I don't... It's I, directly connected to one I, of the okay, characters. When I, say I, when I say that I don't get this movie, I'm not saying, like, I don't understand what happened or understand the themes or yeah. any of that. Yeah. I'm saying, what the hell, what the ever, hell is a, the importance been, of any of this Have you ever stuff? been on a ride? Are you familiar with the concept of, like, a ride? Like a roller coaster or, let's say, a Ferris wheel? Yes. Okay. It's just a ride. Picture it as a ride. Okay, but You're supposed to have fun with it. Okay, you say that. Yeah. I think that Jordan Peele has shown that he is capable of creating a thrilling ride. Agreed. And in this, he's like, it's more of one of those like little attractions at an amusement park that like, like little, the, the, little line's not, the line's not very long. It's more of like a, you get off it and you're like, 
Huh. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Those are some cool things. Yeah. And that's the extent of this ride yeah. to me. I love it. That's perfect. What I was going to say is that for a movie that is so focused on capturing images, because mm-hmm. I think there's there's some interesting ideas there. Oh, yeah. I feel like that doesn't mesh with the fact that the CGI in this movie looks like dog shit. Yeah. Like absolute fucking yeah. dog shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. How on... Yeah. This is like a $70 million sci-fi yeah. movie. Yeah. How on earth yeah. does... I can't even say all the things. Because there's some... I can't... We can't go into deep stuff. Yeah. There are things in this movie that look truly terrible and not like in some kind of intentional artistic way. It's like yeah. they were trying to go for a thing and it looks like a PS2 or maybe think- 3 video game <laughs> of that thing. So that took me... So there's some moments I think were maybe could have been powerful if they had looked even remotely real. Yeah. And they don't. Do you think there's any, any way, and, and I'm definitely reaching here, <laughs> I'm going to say probably reaching... You know that he was going for the those those scenes where the CGI is bad to to hark back to like the the sitcom with the chimp in those days of TV and like you know that type of that type of uh, exploitation. I, I don't that know. That is the most terrible defense. It's not a defense. I I'm, could imagine. All I'm saying is like any movie can have bad CGI. You're probably one of us is about to do an NBA on a movie that I'm going to shit on the CGI for too. I, I'm assuming. Um, it's it's. It's hard to do something in this movie on that scale with, you know, when you've got, when you use an IMAX cameras and, and such, it's, it's nothing's going to look great unless you spend an insane amount of money on something of that scale. Which I mean, be, there's, there's not that much CGI in this movie. And for I, a $70 million movie, that's, there's like $150 million movies that have every frame is CGI and they look yeah. great. Or, and this is half the cost and has like three scenes of CGI. All I'm saying is bad CGI to me is bad CGI. And I credit it as that. And it oh, doesn't take it out. It, it may not have affected my opinion so much if the movie wasn't so much about capturing images. Mm. Like, I think it just doesn't jive. I know. But Peel's whole thing is, I think, building up the things you don't see. And I think I think when you finally do see things in his movies, the reveals, at least in us in this movie, I think the reveal is not it's not like the most important part. It's more of, you know, what you kind of build up before the reveal. Cause I'm, I'm, I agree with the fact that the buildup was more compelling yeah. than when you actually, and that goes for every, I'm not just talking like the last act, like no, everything in this movie. movie, the idea of what's coming is more interesting than the thing when it comes. Yes. Which I get like that describes most sci-fi movies, mm-hmm. most horror movies. Mm-hmm. And I think that the, the best ones, the ones that I like the most are ones where they actually deliver. Yeah. And I feel like this movie, this feels like a like a really cool first draft of a movie where if he was just like, I want to make a movie about this and this and this, and I'm going to involve these people, mm-hmm. I would be like, I'm there. This yeah. sounds amazing. Yeah. And I feel like this is just like idea salad thrown out, and none of it is actually executed in a way that is... A good story. I just feel like it's oh, such a. What? I feel like it's such a weak story. Oh my god, I disagree with that completely. I disagree with that completely. I think the story is so excellent. I mean, the Stephen Yoon like connection from the childhood bit, but even just even if he was totally cut out of it, and it was just Kiki Palmer and Daniel Kaluuya, like that story alone to me, it's it's not a it's not a chapter book. It's more of like a you know, it's more of a novella. It's more of a comic book, if anything. Like, 
I don't know. I don't know how you don't like the story. That that is what baffles me the most. The CGI I, I get, the story I think is great. I think it's such a nice beginning, middle, end. Boom, perfect. I think I love the story. I don't know what I don't. We're not keeping it very nimble. Let me tell you that much. I, I don't know how. Without going into more detail, we can. I, I I think we just felt differently about specific things in the movie, and I just I want so badly to like things especially from people who i know yeah. can make incredible things mm-hmm. and i feel like like if some no name director made this movie i'd be like did you hear about this cool movie that like, like there's like a lot of cool stuff in this movie this is people should pay attention to this but instead i'm like man is this just going to be this guy's career is like it's a very shamalan esque career mm-hmm. where he comes out hot with an incredible crowd pleasing movie that is like so tight and sharp and sets out to do a thing and does it so well Mm -hmm. and then goes on to make movies that are progressively more and more just like a genius who won't listen to anyone else because he feels like he doesn't need to. Like I, I, I see in him what has happened to someone like Kanye in his music where it's like a person who is capable of artistic greatness Mm. Because they've reached those heights, they then feel like, I can kind of just do whatever I want. And there is something interesting about a filmmaker just kind of doing whatever they want. Yeah. But <laughs> I'm just going to judge his stuff unfairly because he he made something that I think is... I want to like, like men in black memory erase your knowledge of Get Out and then have an honest conversation about this film with you. Because I feel like it would be so different. If it was like, if this was somebody's debut directorial debut you would That's be like what, saying. what an awesome creative movie like great story sure the cgi but it's his first time like you would love it and but i hate- also but also that person in that scenario wouldn't have gotten 70 million dollars from universal to make this movie <sighs> he was working within the constraints of a very small budget yeah. horror movie and oftentimes constraints breed great yeah, art i agree I and agree. this is like i said like Shyamalan, like so many great creators once the reins are off and they start making whatever they want to make with whatever resources they can get. Yeah. I just, I I hope that Jordan Peele, I hope it doesn't take him 20 years to do what Shyamalan has finally done in recent years, which is take an idea for a movie and just like do that thing. Well, instead of like trying to do so many things and not being able to string them together into a single enjoyable movie i think i i would say that's exactly what he did with this one but we're we're talking past each other at this point i'm trying to do nimble news nathan all right this is not an episode on nope um but uh either way um i think we can agree that uh you should go see nope so you can tell us what you think about it and tell us who's right i agree that it's a very interesting movie i'm not trying to argue that like no one should see this i agree i know i'm just trying to justify because you set this up that I don't like this movie. I didn't want to do an episode on it because frankly, I knew that all we're going to do is talk past each other. And that yeah. all I'm going to do is unfairly judge this thing, which is yeah. why I don't want to have an hour long discussion on it because well, we're just going to do that for an hour. All right. Well, let's cut it here at 57. Now I'm minutes. going to let's talk about something minutes. that I think uh, might get you as heated. All right. Kevin, to coincide with last month's release of minions, the rise of Gru. Jesus Christ. I hop debuted their all day minions menu. Featuring a plethora of items that are 
basically just yellow, <laughs> like the Baba banana pancakes that are topped Ooh. with minion sprinkles. Or the Minion OJ Splasher that has mango syrup and lemon-lime soda mixed in. I mean, orange juice is already yellow. That seems like that seems like a little overkill. There's also a little blue curacao in the bottom that look like pants. There's also... There's also Get the, me in the IHOP headquarters is all I'm saying. Where are they headquartered, you know? There's also the Cinnamon Minions, which are donut holes drizzled with cream cheese icing and served with eggs. They're not, they don't even look like Minions. They're just cream cheese balls. <laughs> What are they doing? But there's one item on the Minions menu that actually sounded potentially good. Gru's Evil Steak Burger, which is a black Angus steak burger piled high with sautéed jalapenos, serrano peppers, onion, hickory smoked bacon, pepper jack cheese, mayo, and for that extra dash of yellow, sharp cheddar mac and cheese on top. Jesus Christ. Listeners who have not yet seen this can check our Instagram at Fast Food Film Friends for a photo. Uh... I had considered suggesting this burger for a main review, but after seeing the mound of lactose, mm. I think it might have actually killed you. It could have. Uh, so I took one for the team on my own time. Appreciate that. First off, I'll say, IHOP knows how to cook bacon. They know how to grill onions. Those components alone made this burger enough of an enjoyable meal. Unfortunately, <laughs> the mac and cheese was missing any discernible flavor whatsoever. The peppers also didn't taste like much mm. i was just kind of confused i'm assuming that grew himself developed some kind of device that absorbs flavor yeah. he tried stealing all the taste from this burger that's why it's called evil but it only half worked so you're left eating good bacon and onion mixed with bland minion brains mm-hmm. uh yeah deserves a name evil steak burger best to stay away from it just order a second platter of bob bob and pancakes instead jesus Nathan, I've been watching a lot of TV recently. I've been really slacking in my movie viewing. Although I have tallied up some movies that I'm going to do some NIMBYs on probably next time. i got a couple more movies to watch. I'm going to do a whole set. Uh, but uh, in the meantime, I've, just been, I've been finding myself enjoying the 20-minute run times, watching seven, eight episodes at a time. Uh, and I recently got fully caught up on and I'm now watching the new episodes of What We Do in the Shadows. Um, this is a movie based off, or this is a show based off a movie, uh, What We Do in the Shadows, um, Taika Waititi and I believe Jermaine Clement, um, two of my favorite, uh, New Zealanders, um, created the movie's great, What We Do in the Shadows, but this show is so goddamn good. Like I could watch it over and over and over again. It's a vampire show. Um, but the farthest thing from like true blood or anything like that, that you could ever imagine. Um, it's pure comedy. And the newest season is if you know, Mark Prosh, the yo-yo master who pranked people, or, uh, I think his name was some, his name is something in the office. He's the guy who says, has gum gotten mintier lately? And it's one of my favorite characters of all time. Um, he's in a few other things too, but in this season, he's in every other season as an energy vampire who like bores people, and then absorbs their energy and life force instead of drinks blood. And he's he comes back this year as a baby. He he comes back as just a baby. He's died and is reborn as a little toddler, but it's got his full adult head on this toddler body. <laughs> and that alone is worth watching the new season for. But I can't recommend a show more to people. Like if you like The Office, if you like any funny show ever made, um, please watch this show. What we do in the shadows, it's great. I think it kind of flies under the radar of a lot of people, but oh my god, this new season has just elevated it to a level 
that I think will land it amongst one of my favorite shows of all time. Like it is so good and the writing is so tight and so funny. It's just unbelievable. And Laszlo, the character in it is my just who I would be if I was a vampire. And uh, I hope you all watch it and love it as much as I do. I just wish I could share it with everyone in the world. If I could, I'd walk around with a screen mounted to my chest and it would just be playing what we do in the shadows at all times. And people could just watch. Kevin, I watched Prey. <gasps> the latest movie in the Predator franchise is now streaming on Hulu. It takes place in the 1700s in the Comanche Nation, mm-hmm. which would soon become the American frontier. Mm-hmm. It's about a young tribe member, played by Amber Midthunder, facing off against the first Predator that mm-hmm. comes to Earth. I'm not going to beat around the bush. This movie is so good. Mm-hmm. It is so good. I cannot recommend it higher than anything that I've seen, at least since top gun Mm -hmm. uh the fact that prey went straight to hulu is a bummer absolutely two reasons absolute tragedy it makes me it makes me angry to the point where i am getting warm first reason it's a bummer obviously this movie would be a great experience in a theater it looks fantastic it is a tense thrill ride but the second reason it's a bummer is because when you hear the words straight to hulu predator prequel you probably assume it sucks. Yeah. Or at least that it's nothing special. And generally, that's probably a fair assumption. Mm-hmm. But in this case, you're wrong. Really? Because any this movie is awesome. Predator, insert any word after, yeah. you're going to think it's a pile yeah. of shit. Yeah. The, the only reason it went straight to Hulu is because of these weird negotiating terms in the Disney-Fox merger that incentivized Disney to keep the movie for themselves on Hulu because if it had been released theatrically, it would have later streamed on HBO Max instead. Mm. Basically, it's a bunch of corporate bullshit that gets in the way of people being able to enjoy a movie the way the filmmakers intended. Mm -hmm. That all sucks. But on the bright side, it means that anyone can watch Prey at Home right now on Hulu, and you absolutely should whether or not you care about or have even seen any other Predator movies. There are a couple great callbacks to the original in this one, but they're purely additive. You're not missing anything if you don't catch them. All you need to know is that the Predator comes to our world to hunt, not because it needs to, but because it wants to. Mm -hmm. And the premise of this new movie about a Predator in this setting, this early frontier era, is genius. Because even though it's this small-scale thriller about a hunt, It's set against the backdrop of this clash of ideologies between indigenous people and European settlers about why humans hunt and the ways we try to dominate nature and each other and the ways that technology upended hunter-gatherer societies. So many big, fascinating ideas all wrapped around just a killer action movie. Mm -hmm. But the kind of action that is very purposeful in telling the story and and the kind of action where fights are won using ingenuity and agility rather than just brute force. Mm -hmm. And it is a very violent movie. There are some metal as fuck (laughs) moments, but it's about violence. It's about hunting to survive versus hunting to kill. Mm -hmm. It just works on every single level. I think it is a must watch I could talk about it all night, Mm -hmm. but we have some food to eat. Watch Prey on Hulu. It will not disappoint. I mean, a lot of people have. I think it's their best debut ever in Hulu history, which is awesome. And this movie, when I first heard, which is probably like a year or two ago, they're doing a Predator movie set in this era. I even remember posting on our Instagram, like, 
oh my god, this is the best concept for a movie I've heard of in a very long time. So good. Uh, and then I heard Dan Trachtenberg was directing, mm-hmm. who did one of my favorite movies of all time, Ten Cloverfield Lane. Yeah. Um, and I thought, yep, absolutely. And I watched this um, this weekend, and um, I, I echo almost every sentiment you said. Like the action is just. So fun to watch. So fun to watch. I do think there's some real bad CGI at a few points in this movie. Um, like the Predator? Or No, before, oh, okay. before yeah, yeah, the Predator. You're motioning to me. Yeah, I'm doing things with my hands okay. that tell Nathan what I'm talking about. But Yeah, um, I could see that. I, it didn't bother me, but yeah. I no, it didn't, it didn't bother me and nope either. But, you know, <laughs> I guess we can pick and choose. Um, but uh, absolutely loved it. I did. So I remembered when, when they said this was coming out that it would be available in Comanche dialect audio yeah. with subtitles. And I couldn't find it when I was watching it on Hulu. So apparently it's not like it's a whole separate version of the movie. It's not just like something oh, in like the caption options. So you have to choose it. Hold it. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's so it's a it's an original Comanche dub, which yeah. I guess has never been done before, but it's. When they say original, that means that the original actors came back to do it. It's actually them coming back to re-record all the wow. audio, and then it's subtitled. Or you can turn subtitles off yeah. and just listen. Like I kind of want to watch it again. I do too. And just with a Comanche dub and with yeah. no subtitles, because, and it's yeah. just like there's not much dialogue. No, it's, it's so much storytelling through action. It absolutely is, and even you know, even in the English version, you know, you there's no subtitles for the French trappers, there, right. which I I love when movies put us in the shoes of other people in the movies who are like, I don't know what the hell these people are saying. Mm-hmm. How would I know? Um, and I, I'm gonna watch the Comanche dub for sure because I think that's just insanely cool. Um, but uh, absolutely loved it. Absolutely love this movie. Um, I don't think it's... Yeah, I, I'll just leave it there. I had a few nits to pick, but I'm not going to do it um, in the spirit of keeping things nimble. Uh, <laughs> but man, what a flick. Like, I can't wait to see what Dan Trachtenberg does next, um, yeah. much less what the cast of this movie does. Uh, I did think the acting was a little rough in some parts, but it's not a movie you watch for acting. Had you seen, like, all the Predator movies prior to this? I've seen the original. I actually just rewatched it before I done watching that. this. Um I saw that Predators movie from a few years yeah, back. Yeah. I kind of forget it. The only one I had seen was Alien versus Predator. Oh, yeah. Um, because I think I was an impressionable young man, and there was some nudity involved in that <laughs> one. Um, it's actually the Alien. Yeah, it is. Uh, but so, but you're right. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like, I watched this with my girlfriend, and, uh, you know, there was, like, the Predator comes on, and she was like, what the hell? She had no idea what this movie was. Uh, and I was like, yeah, it's a predator. Like, not gonna, not gonna give anything away. Um, but man, what a just great premise, great execution, awesome movie. Hope to God somehow it gets a theatrical release at some point because I would be there. I'd be there in a second. Nathan, I, I don't have a NIMBY prepared for this next one or anything, but there's a show that I feel we need to just shout from the mountaintops <clears throat> that people need to watch because I feel like not enough people know about this show. Me and you are both big fans of, uh, well, Nathan's in general. Um, of course. But uh, the show Nathan For You, created and starring Nathan Fielder, uh, is has been one of our favorites for a very long time, I, I believe. Um, and his new show has just uh, started airing on HBO. It's called The Rehearsal. Trailers for this show were a little ambiguous and said, like, you know, we can prepare anybody for any situation by just doing rehearsals. Um, I think we're four episodes in now. Yeah. And there's only six total. No. Yeah. Oh, uh, and this, I believe the second episode of this TV series is the best episode of any TV show I have ever watched in my entire life. I know I'm prone to hyperbole (laughs) and I know I speak and probably have said that many times in my life. 
But I got done watching that episode and texted probably 50 people 30 different things because I just had to share it. And it was every episode since has been almost just as good. It is <laughs> the amount of layers and like difficulty he goes through to create this show is truly mind boggling. Like it is insane to think how much groundwork he has to lay down, how much time and effort has to go into every episode and every rehearsal he creates. And it's just, it pays off in spades. Like I can so many times in every episode, I can't believe the things I'm seeing on screen that real people are doing. (laughs) I can't believe it. And then he gets them in these situations and like, they continue to astound you. The people, I don't know how he finds the people he gets on the show, but it is the best social experiment I've ever seen. It is the best comedic show I've ever seen. It's the best dramatic show I've ever seen. It is just so goddamn good. Uh, I don't know how else to describe it, but I just, I need more people to watch it so I can talk to more people about it because the rehearsal on HBO should be put in a museum. It should have its own museum, I think. I think that there's things that he builds in this show that will probably remain in museums. It's just amazing. It is Watch it. Just watch it. So this is on HBO. Yes. Here's what I'll say about this. So Nathan for you is my favorite show of all time. Unrelated to the name. Um, (laughs) Nathan for you, for those who haven't seen it, is a show where Nathan Fielder, who is a a deadpan comedian, he can he can deliver the most ridiculous dialogue and be totally monotone and quiet and not break. Yeah. The epitome of a straight man in comedy. yeah, Yeah. He goes to business owners small business owners and he comes to them and he, he basically is like, I have a, I have this show where I help businesses and I'm going to propose an idea to you. Okay. They do this show. He proposes to them the most absurd idea you have ever heard, but he delivers it so straight that they don't understand that this is a comedy central show. Yeah. They don't know it's a, it's supposed to be funny at all. Mm-hmm. They think that he is serious and that he's actually a business guy who's trying to help them. And so they all say, okay, we'll try it. Yeah. And they try it and <laughs> hilarity ensues. Yes. Like what are some of the best dumb Starbucks? Yeah. He goes to a coffee shop and tells them we can using parody law, we can call ourselves Starbucks if we call it ourselves dumb Starbucks. Yeah. And that became like a national news story. Yep. Um, he went to a liquor store and said, we can sell to minors if we keep the alcohol until they turn 21 after they'd buy it. <laughs> he went to like a, there was a gas station rebate. Oh People my save money God. on gas. Then in order to redeem the rebate, they have to go on like a day long hike. Yeah. It is, it is absurdity. You need to, you need to understand it is pure absurdity. And my point is that the rehearsal, Nathan Fielder's new show, it's as if. This is another episode of Nathan for you. But instead of Nathan going to a small business and proposing Mm -hmm. a crazy idea, he went to HBO and proposed the craziest idea and said, I need you to give me millions of dollars. (laughs) Yeah. Millions. Oh, yeah. Like Nathan for you had to have been like a micro budget show. This This show big budget millions of dollars because he's going to do things like perfectly recreate entire buildings down to every tiniest detail for the purpose of rehearsing social situations. And the first episode, the premise is it's absurd, but it's fairly straightforward. Mm -hmm. I remember watching that first episode a few weeks ago and thinking, how is this show going to be a whole season? Like, I feel like this is just like a good episode of TV. Mm -hmm. I enjoy it very much. It's so funny, Mm -hmm. but like, are we just going to do this? 
a bunch it. of times. And then the next episode, you realize, <laughs> I have no idea what I'm in for. Uh-huh. No uh-huh. idea. And with every subsequent episode, curveballs. he has done... Curveballs. You said that the second episode was one of your favorite things of all time. Yeah. The third, for me, yeah. is, I think, like, transcendent. It's like, I, I can't even explain how... It, it goes beyond comedy. Like, it's hilarious, yeah. but it goes... It is like, I've never seen something that makes such profound observations about the human condition yes. in, in the frame of comedy, oh. in this stupid premise. And, God, I cannot wait to see how this ends. Oh, my God. I have no idea no. how it's going to, but the, Nathan Fielder is a genius. The 100%. rehearsal is complete must-watch television. I don't care how many shows are on your watch list. No. Clear it. Clear your list <laughs> and watch the rehearsal on HBO. I would recommend, I would recommend, if you are new to Nathan Fielder, maybe watch like a few episodes of Nathan for you before you jump into the rehearsal. Get up to speed with his pace and like his his, his whole shtick because if, I feel like if people are like unaware of what he is and his style and they jump into the rehearsal, they might be like, what is wrong with this guy? That's fair. But and, I mean, you'll enjoy them. You'll en- oh, Nathan, for you, you will love every single episode you watch. Uh, and the rehearsal is just like you said, it's 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 unlike any any other thing in the world. It is just astoundingly good. And I I just want everyone in the world to watch it because it's it just blows my mind. And I'm literally beaming right now because Tomorrow is the day I get fed another slice of this <laughs> yeah. delicious pie. I, like, I'm jonesing for it. I It has been years and years since there's been a show that I am like, the minute it's yeah. on, yep. I'm watching it. I've Literally watched, Friday nights, I'm like, I have to watch it right I've now. watched two Friday mornings. I wake up and just put it on in bed and I think, what a better way to start my day than, than this. Like, it is, oh, it's just so good. It's just so good. Well, that's all the time we have for Nimble News. That was a tight one. <laughs> now let's get to those hamburger dogs <laughs> and Bullet Train. Bullet Train. Oh, God, I forgot about that one. <laughs> <laughs> Just a reminder, the hamburger dog features fresh, never-frozen certified Angus beef topped with a Hebrew national all-beef hot dog, mm. cheddar cheese, bacon, jalapenos, fried onion strings, and ketchup on a potato bun. Let's I'm in, I'm like I'm ready to go. Let's do it. I'm you know it's interesting they didn't do any other condiments, but I kind of like you know sticking with just ketchup. Is it the Fourth of July? So I feel like I'm at a backyard barbecue right now. Yeah, this really does feel like a homegrown creation. Mm-hmm. Your friend just was like, "Hey, you got to try this." Hey, bro, <laughs> put a hot dog on a hamburger. Is it the um? I'm getting a little bit of like a, maybe a sourness at the jalapeno. It's the hollies. Yeah, okay. the jollies. So they're not too spicy. They're more of a... I got a little heat from some of them. Okay. I mean, I'll there's... I will say there's a good amount of jollies on this. The hot dog flavor is fully overpowering the burger flavor. Like, and that's that's credit to Hebrew National because they, they put out a good dog. The burger is basically tasteless. Is there... There's bacon on here, too, that I'm not really getting much flavor from. I'm tasting dog... I'm tasting potato bun and I'm tasting cheese and I mean, jollies. How about this bun? Oh, I love this. This is I mean, bun. this is a big could have been a real mess of a burger, and I feel yeah. like this potato bun is holding it down. I love potato buns. I'm all for potato buns. Every barbecue I go to or every barbecue I host, it's potato buns. And if I go, I bring my own. <laughs> We're gonna be full boys after this. Like just yeah. look at how yeah. much meat this is. It's uh it's a lot of meat. I mean, it's good though. I I like this amount of meat. This is what I'm looking for in a burger. 
Bacon, is, I'm just totally missing, though. I'm not tasting or, or feeling the bacon. I don't. I literally feel like I don't it's see It's underneath bacon. the patty for some reason, and it has soaked Ooh. into the bun. Yeah, it's really thin bacon. That's yeah. that's disappointing, because everything else I've had from Muya has been... Yeah. Size hasn't been a problem. And yeah. in this yeah, case, Nathan. some dinky bacon. Some dinky bacon. But, I mean, Granted, in the grand scheme of this meaty sandwich. I mean, for thirteen fifty though, I'd expect yeah, a little true. better bacon. That's but, true. you know, inflation these days, who knows? Seems like they got a nice crisp on the dogs. Like I can almost taste the crispy, feel the crispy skin of the dogs. Yeah, it's that light pan fry. Yeah, probably frying it up like a college student in a single little tiny frying pan. I mean, that's not something that you do very much with with hot dogs. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you, of course, you grill them, you get those char marks. Yeah, on the outside, but you don't get that flat. No, completely pan fried. Yep, it's good. It is good. What a simple creation. You know, they don't overdo it on the condiments. It's all pretty well balanced, texture-wise. Oh, yeah, there's ketchup on here, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cheese not doing much. No, it's not at all. But there's a lot of other flavors in here. I, th- I mean, this is something I would have made late night, some night, when I got home and had leftover stuff from a barbecue. I would have slapped this together. and would have been just as good then, but it's, 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 a, it's a treat. It's nice. It's interesting that you say that, because... There's a lot of great things we eat on this show that if I ever wanted something like them, I would just go pick them up. But this is something that I might just make at home. Yeah. Do you think that you would, at this $13 price tag, that you would get this again? Or do you think that you would rather... I will never pay again for this. Yeah, you would just whip one of these up. Because yeah. you, you would maybe adjust the topping to yep. be exactly what you want. Exactly. I do like some raw onions, probably. I like a raw onion. And then uh, maybe like some pickles or... I don't know, but everything else, if I'm doing a barbecue, I'm going to have burgers, I'm going to have dogs, I'm going to have bacon, probably. So might as well just go go nuts and do it myself. Because thirteen fifty is steep. That's higher than like a, a black truffle burger from Shake Shack. Oh, fuck. Why do you have to talk about stuff like that when we're eating stuff like this? I will say I'm getting towards the end. It's getting a little unwieldy. Oh, no, you're losing it. I'm losing my burger. Dog's slipping out the side. Hey, give it a try with just the dogs. Tell me what you think. you like it even more? It's going to be great. Let me just... Again, I want to just say, Hebrew national dogs, I think, are unbeatable in the hot dog realm. I will eat any hot dog. I'll eat the shittiest 99-cent hot dog, eight-pack you've ever seen. I'll put them down raw. But Hebrew national dogs have a certain signature flavor that is just untouchable. God, that's good. It reminds me of, like, back when I was a kid. (laughs) Take a trip with me, Nathan. Back when I was a kid, my dad would go to a good butcher shop. And uh, he would get, it was called Von Hansen's Meats. I played baseball with uh, Zach Von Hansen as well as dad ran the butcher shop. But they had these skin-on dogs. So it was like really good dogs and then kind of that casing that you bite through and it almost like pops, like snaps when you take a bite. Yeah. And that flavor is this. This is that. And I love it so much. It brings me back to my my good old Von Hansen's days. So shout out, if you're still in business, Von Hansen's, which I doubt, way to, way to stick with me in a core memory. They might still be around if they had thought of this. They might have been. It's a lot of meat. Way to move a lot of meat. I think we need to write a letter to Arby's right away. I got their address. (laughs) And let them know that uh, Muya is trying to say they have the meats. Because I'd love to see an Arby's take on this. What other place is striving for that crown like this? Nobody. Portillo's maybe? That was good. That was just a, that was good. 
Nothing astounding or new or amazing, but man, that's a good combo. I agree. That was a good burger. Mm-hmm. Not going to be like a Hall of Fame item. No. But uh, I finished every bite. Yeah. I enjoyed every bite. Yeah. It's tasty. I had expectations. And I feel like it met them. I mean, it absolutely did. You can't go wrong. If you're just taking two great things and smash them together, it's probably going to be fine. All we had to go off of was a picture on the Muya website. Ugh. And I had an idea in my mind. Similarly, if you've seen the trailer for Bullet Train, mm-hmm. you know that this is a certain type of movie. Yeah. The kind of movie that's not just violent, but comedically violent. Correct. Gratuitously comedically violent. Yes. I actually did not know it was that type of movie because I avoided the trailers entirely. Mm-hmm. But as soon as it started, I thought, okay, this is not going to be everyone's cup of tea. Yep. But it's my cup of tea. And I think it's your cup of tea. It also. is 100% my cup of tea. Like to the point where if this was a cup of tea, I would get giddy when I saw it. And I'd say, how much for that cup of tea? Because I'll pay whatever you want for it. My question to you, when you walk into a movie like this, mm-hmm. what do you hope to get out of it? And did Bullet Train deliver? A full release. And yes. <laughs> um, no, I think. You mean theatrically. Correct. Sorry. Yeah. Wide. No, I think this <laughs> this type of movie, I just, I love it so much when a movie comes out that is so self-aware and is just like, we're going to have a blast. Get ready. It's going to be ridiculous. It's going to, not all of it's going to like be grounded in reality. Um, there are going to be people who you love, who you didn't even know were going to be in this movie, who are going to pop in to say hi frequently. <laughs> uh, and it's going to just be an absolute wild ride that has twists and turns. Is still a little predictable, but has twists and turns and keeps you engaged the whole time. I, I love this movie. I fucking love this movie. Like the cast alone, each of the characters they played, like I feel like everybody was kind of playing off their typical character type mm-hmm. in a big way, which makes it even more fun because you're like, this is probably just as fun for them to be like, let's just go nuts and have a wild ride. And um, like everybody, I think, I think by far Aaron Taylor Johnson and Brian Tyree Henry were my absolute favorite part of this yeah. movie. I um, think Brian Tyree Henry is like MVP. Oh my God. He's some of the lines like, specifically he delivers i love so much and uh, i really want uh my cousin lars to watch this because he's obsessed yes. with thomas the tank engine and this movie it's a very heavy theme throughout the movie <laughs> but like it just this movie's so well calculated because there's these tiny little details that carry throughout there's this insanely intricate tangled web of connections of all these different characters that it it's almost impossible to put together until the end or until you are revealed these new pieces of information. But the format of this movie, the pacing of this movie, the length of this movie, everything about this movie, I just think is great. It's it's not going to win any awards. None, probably. Who cares? Um, and I don't care because I will own this on Blu-ray at some point. I will... I already am, like, this close to letting Aiden watch this movie because I'm like, <laughs> you would absolutely love this movie. <laughs> But it's probably a little much for him still. But my God, what a just what a fun thing. Like, mm-hmm. what a fun movie. And that's what if you're looking to just like relax and just laugh and be amazed and watch some really cool, intricately choreographed and also hilarious fight scenes like this movie is great. This movie is just great. 
and uh, I I can't recommend it enough. I hope a ton of people go to see it because what a what a treat it is. It's been a while since we have agreed so hard. Yeah. Um, the first words that came to my mind when I walked out of the theater were absolute blast. <laughs> yes, I. I cannot believe how fun this movie is. I haven't had this much fun in a theater, I feel like, in years. No. The the characters are just so lovable. Even the ones who are just pieces of shit. Yes. Or used to be pieces of shit. Yep. You'll love them. Every character has a shtick. Yes. Like, one character's shtick is, like, my family was murdered. Mm -hmm. Another character's shtick is, I hate my nickname. Yep. It is, like... It feels like a sitcom episode. My mm-hmm. favorite kind of sitcom episodes where there are all these separate subplots that become so tangled because of misunderstandings. Yes. It's like the most it's like the most gory episode of Seinfeld. Oh my god, exactly. Yes, exactly. And those little like mix like you know, there's obviously some dramatic irony where like we we know stuff that the characters don't, and you're watching like them all make these terrible decisions based <laughs> on misinformation and Yes. But it's it just makes for it. That's what makes it so much fun is like we're we're in. We know what's going on for the most part. And like these characters are just bumbling through it. And you're like, God damn it. Figure it out. And then once they finally get there, you're like, yeah, if they do. Um, and it's filled with so many great setups and payoffs. Yes. Some of which you kind of see coming. Like you see them setting up the dominoes. Like yeah. that's going to be so great when it happens. Yep. Some of which are total surprises. And you're like, oh, oh shit. Yeah. This person's here. Yeah. But it's all about. The twists that complicate things more and more. Like, this person can't kill this person because then this will happen. Yes. It's like a Rube Goldberg of assassins. <laughs> it really is. It really is. And on a moving train, too, which makes it even better. Um, I, I I think the... I mean, the setting of the moving train makes for... A, great action sequences. B, hilarious comedic things. C, those scenes where, you know, you get like nine, ten, maybe more than that, stops at different stations. And it's like... What's going to happen? Who's going to get on? Who's going to get off? Who's going to get off and then get back on? Who's going to be waiting outside when somebody does get off? So you get like these little mini buildups throughout the whole movie too where like you're super excited because bing, those doors open and you're like, (laughs) what is going to be introduced next? And every time it's something enjoyable. Every time it's something new or exciting or funny that just comes and slaps you in the face and says, yep, it's still happening. Like we're not (laughs) slowing down at all. And it's just God, it's so good. It's just so good. Yeah, the the pacing is so fast. It's so smart the way that it uses. And every time it has to transition, mm-hmm. it, it cuts back out to just showing where the train is in yep. Tokyo. It's going from Tokyo to Kyoto. Mm-hmm. And like that editing technique allows the energy to never let up. They never have to like go from one type of scene and say, okay, we're going to do something different. They just say, all right, we're on a train and we're here. We're on a train and then we're here. Yeah. And... The and I talked about prey earlier, how like the violence tells the story is so yeah. purposeful. This is like the exact opposite kind of movie where yeah. the action it doesn't tell the story. The action literally is the story. Yes. And every fight, it's like a three stooges it really is. scene. It really but is. like with punching and guns yeah. and knives. And, and like every few hits in every fight is hilarious because yeah. of exa- the way that someone Hit someone in a way that's so unexpected or like you or has to use something as a weapon that's so stupid. Yep. Literally every the action is comedy and the comedy is action. It's just so 
wildly entertaining. It is. It is. Like, there's a fight scene between Brad Pitt and Brian Tyree Henry that is, like, it takes place in the quiet car of the train and is three to four minutes of just <laughs> pure comedy. And it's, again, like, you don't expect Brad Pitt to be doing, like, a kind of a doofy guy who, like, is, is not good at, like, pretending to be other people, yeah. you know? Um, like, he's he's got all the cards on his sleeve in this movie, and he's just... A, Kind of dumb for a lot of it, but like is clearly good at fighting and being an assassin. Um, and then you throw in like the whole fate and spirituality side of things. Like for a movie that's shallow in a lot of ways, like it's it's not a very deep movie. There's still a ton of different levels mm-hmm. um, to this movie. And it's, oh, God, it's just all put together so well. I think um, is it David Leach or Leitch is the director? Leitch, yeah. Leitch um, has just found his genre and I want him to do nothing but this type of movie. Uh, so, so he did the last Deadpool movie. I think he's yep. also been a co-director on like a John Wick yeah. movie, I want to say. He also directed Hobbs and Shaw, your oh, favorite movie of all I time. I like Hobbs and I Shaw. Think. Uh, I still haven't seen it and still haven't. Um, but I like <laughs> reviewed that movie. Oh no, I did see Hobbs and Shaw. Sorry. <laughs> you I may not of, have seen it. I was thinking of uh fast and the furious nine mm, yeah. uh, that you loved. Um, <laughs> But he was like, um, I was reading up on him because I was like, I want to know everything about this guy and I can't wait to see what he does next. But he was Brad Pitt's, Brad Pitt's stunt double for like Fight Club and Ocean's Eleven and Troy and Mr. Really? and Mrs. Smith. And then uh, that's why Pitt was in Deadpool 2 for like a, as the Invisible mm-hmm. Man or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I was like, what a weird little, what a weird little history that guy has. Um, but God, just the direction in this movie is just astoundingly good because every second's purposeful. Mm-hmm. every second's purposeful yes. in moving this tangled web of things forward. It's like every little action somebody does has so many consequences for the other. Like, yeah. I think in the synopsis, it said like five assassins, but there's like 30 characters oh, in this so movie. So many. Yeah. And then you get like, you know, kind of the, the stories that are happening off the train are like great stories too. Like they're, they might not be as funny. They're like kind of serious, dramatic yeah. things that are happening. And like, you're like, like surprisingly heartfelt stories. Yeah. Yeah. Really meaningful stuff. Yeah. And it weaves those tones together so well. Just perfectly. Just perfectly. Kind of like if you were to take a hamburger and a hot dog and just you got to find that natural, <laughs> natural, you know, uh, synergy, as they say. Um, you mentioned Brad Pitt not really being the kind of character you would expect. I yeah. think it's been so interesting how this is the least cool that Brad Pitt has ever been in a movie. Absolutely. Just from the way he's dressed mm-hmm. to... The way that he's unlucky, but in a lucky way. Yes. And also the way he's like this like emotionally intelligent assassin. He's like this modern man. Yeah. But in a way, like he's so likable. Mm -hmm. But in the movie, he's like he's the main character, Mm -hmm. but he really doesn't feel like he's ever in control of things. You know, he's just kind of along for the ride. Absolutely. Um, It's a train reference. in, (laughs) In the last few years, he's been playing characters that are just so comfortable yeah in this in the lost city Mm -hmm. uh once upon a time in hollywood Mm -hmm. even like ad astra he has like a zen quality in all these movies if you think about like in the decade before that movies like moneyball or Mm -hmm. the big shore or like killing them softly where he always was so good at being like the cool guy but who has an edge of anxiety to him. Like he's always stressed. Yeah. And like he's like stress eating, you know, eating yep. every movie. Yeah, and like eating. his character in bullet train literally feels like a commentary. The way that he talks about his past self yeah. and how far he's come. It feels like a commentary 
about Brad Pitt. Like he just yeah, actually, he's he's like I'm a new guy. I'm this guy who is okay with who he is. Yeah. I'm not gonna let this stuff get to me. I'm mm-hmm. just gonna roll with the punches. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna like shake off the agitation. He doesn't. I mean, doesn't really raise his voice. No. in this movie. No, he's and it's to like turn over and a it's a leaf. and yeah. it's like a whiz bang action movie. And he's yeah. just kind of he's chill. He's like, guys, come on. Let's take it. Let's, you know, we're all people here. You know, like I, I think in that, like, you're absolutely right. It's totally unnormal or atypical for Brad, but the character is just so much fun because you know, he's this deadly assassin who's great at what he does. Uh, and it's evidence throughout many fight scenes, but like, he's also like, uh, you know, trying to get into Buddhism and like turning over a new leaf and is really spiritual and is all about karma and like, doesn't want to hurt anybody. Yeah. He's like, like a reluctant action star. <laughs> yes. Which is just so funny. Wants to hurt nobody and hurts so many people <laughs> out of like sheer need or just situational circumstances. And it's that alone's great comedy. And then you throw in 10 other characters of the same caliber who are great in their own way and also find themselves in situations where they're like, this is the last thing I want to be doing, but I have to do it. And that type of stuff just is it's so entertaining and it's so fun to see them be like, Oh, I feel like if, if that was like, if you could define this movie by like one noise, it'd be like, Oh, I gotta do this. Like, it's just so much fun to watch them go through this, like endless sea of hurdles and shit. They have to get through to almost no avail for anybody, uh, not to get into spoilers or anything, but like they're all going for their end goals. And like the way they get there is just, blocked by so many different things and oh god it's just it's just great it reminded me of like a like an action-packed comedic knives out like everyone's kind of got their own end game everyone thinks they know what's going on but nobody really does well there's like agatha christie like murder on the orient express literally like a train murder mystery and yeah it's like that but just like cranked to 11 it really is every way it's like the movie crank meets agatha christie (laughs) Um, but it's, yeah, it's just, I, I want to get into spoilers because there's several specific things that we need to talk about. We'll get there soon. Um, if you look at the total cast list, of this movie, half the cast is cameos. Like, yeah, if you haven't seen this, it is so ridiculously star studded. Oh I've never seen a movie that had no. so many like, holy shit, they're in this too. Yeah. And that happens throughout the entire movie and they're all great. There's Every not, one there's of them. not a single one that isn't famous. Every one of them is great. I <laughs> can I say one? No, or, no, no. Okay, well, save or spoil. <laughs> okay. We're going to go into all. Of them. Okay. Um, before we get there, I just want to say this movie looks surprisingly great. Yeah. Like, oh my god. Yeah. I, I feel like this is a movie that probably a lot of people are going to wait till it's streaming to check yeah. out on demand. It feels like the kind of like Saturday night rent. Yeah. Kind of movie. Yeah. But it looks. Like the nighttime train yes. lighting yes. looks gorgeous. It's, and they're, they're, it uses so much of like that blue and orange contrast. Yeah. It's kind of like that cyberpunk type feel. Like, kind of, yeah. And it's, I think, flying through Japan. Like, but the, the train settings are amazing. The scenes outside the train, like, everything is just, it's a, it's a gorgeous movie. It really is a gorgeous movie. Like, again, there's not a shot in this where you think, like, well, that's a little boring or bland. Like every again, I think everything has purpose in this movie, including the setting and including how they're framing stuff and flashbacks and things like that. Like, and it's unique too. It's not bland. Like, oh, here's a train. Like, there's some really creative camera work in this. There's some oh, yeah. really interesting like POV shots and stuff. But I just 
I've, I loved it. We've I'm, been talking CGI. There's there's not a lot of CGI in this, but when there is, mm-hmm. I think it looks great. It does. It absolutely does. It does. Like they put some time and money into this. I don't know how what the budget was for this movie, but probably pretty high. Yeah, given I would the imagine cast so. list alone. Um, the music is so fun. Oh, like yeah. the the Japanese staying alive. Yes, I was, was so I was good. Shooting. That was, was so, so good. good. <laughs> oh my god, it was so good. Um, and the, yeah, it's just like the use of misdirection too in this movie is excellent and. Like I want, I'm definitely going to watch it again. It may be in a theater because, as as things are revealed throughout the movie, you're like, oh, and it makes you want to go back and be like, oh, I didn't notice this, this, and this uh-huh. way back then. But like, and then one of the character reveals towards the end of the movie was like my favorite <laughs> moment I've had in a theater in a very, very, very long time, which we'll we'll talk about in spoilers. But just good stuff all around. Before we get to spoilers, I just want to say I think. As far as movies go, 2022 has been uh, kind of a mixed bag. Yeah. But it has been a stellar year for action movies. Oh, I was going to say for original movies, but action movies. I mean, originals too. Yeah. But in terms of action, this, Top Gun, Mm. Prey, Mm -hmm. Everything Ever All at Once, Mm -hmm. Ambulance. Ambulance. You and I had a great time. Yeah. The Batman had some great action in it. Yep. Overall, I'm like kind of iffy on how this year is going movie-wise, but I feel like Every action movie this year has been really exciting. Yeah. It's been a good time. It has. Theater. It has. Actually, I hadn't thought about that, but you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Hopefully the rest will be too, but I'll take it. I'm loving it. I, I think, I think people are getting sick of like the, the superhero type action. And, you know, I think, I think the original like violent, gory, ridiculous action is back in style and crushing it. I think it's so cool that studios bet big on some original Big movies. Yes. There has been so many great ones this year. There have. And I, I'm going to go see this again in theaters. I've, I've just decided because talking about this has made me just full of glee. And that it's just I want to I just want to bring everyone I know with it. Because like if you like murder mysteries, if you like action movies, if you like comedies, if you just like good movies, like you're going to love this. And it's so hard for somebody to be a fan of any type of movie and not find something they like in this movie. I think that's just good fun stuff. We got some spoilers to talk, but before we get there, let's hear a word from our sponsor. Have you ever been sitting at work on a Wednesday morning and thought, I'd love an authentic Sicilian slice of za for lunch? Or maybe you're bored at home and think, man, it'd be cool if I could pet a koala right now. Well, you're in luck. From the makers of the bullet train comes an exciting new lightning fast mode of transportation, the bullet plane. Equipped with six nitrous infused jet engines, the bullet plane reduces international travel times by as much as 91%. You can fly from New York to Barcelona in 45 minutes or from Dallas to Stockholm in just over an hour. The possibilities are fast and endless. The FAA requires us to disclose that the bullet plane is technically not authorized to operate in American airspace, but aren't those the same people who signed off on all those Boeing planes a year back? Hmm. Get 20% off your first bullet plane ride today using code WEEE! And we're back. We're ready for our spoiler snack segment in which we will spoil everything about this movie. So if you have not seen it and want to remain in the dark, uh, turn off our podcast right now. Go to the quiet car. mute your computer or phone and just let it play because that'd be great (laughs) for us. Um, Paid by the second. We're going to eat a spoiler snack and we're going to talk spoilers. And Nathan, 
Do you know what spoiler snack we have today? Um, we have in front of us some shakes, mm. which I was surprised you chose a spoiler snack. <laughs> and this guy that has given me so much shit over the years for choosing shakes chose this. So what flavor of shake are we about to eat? Now, let me just make it abundantly clear. Again, we had a last minute issue where the Quiznos food items we wanted were not available because Quiznos closes at six. <laughs> we didn't learn that until five fifty two today. Uh, so this was a last minute decision. We said, we'll do Muya. We've they've got the, the ham dog burger, whatever it's called. Uh, and I said, what else is on the menu that we can do? And this is the only thing that could have been a spoiler snack. So this is out of necessity, not by choice. Uh, this is a mocha Oreo cookie shake. Okay. Uh, now, I myself am a, a big fan of mochas in general. Um, it's like a chocolate coffee, essentially. Um, you're a big fan of Oreo cookie shakes, I would yeah. assume. So I think one of us at least is going to like this. I think the coffee flavor or the mocha flavor might throw it off for you. I'm uh, fine with coffee. I just don't drink it. Okay, that's fine. Uh, you might have some troubles with yours, though, because we split a small shake here. Um, it's been sitting in my freezer for a while. Um, and I went to divvy it up. I poured, I was going to pour half in a cup for me uh, and leave the rest in, in the cup it came in for you. You've got a nice thick straw there. you got a stabby straw. Stabby straw that's nice and big diameter on that straw so you can suck up all those Oreo chunks. But as I went to pour it out, I noticed that the outer rim of your cup had frozen. Oh, no. And the soft, unfrozen center was the part that came and went into my glass. <laughs> So you have a hollowed out shell that is frozen around the edges of your cup. But I think you can make it work with the straw. We'll see what I can do. Quick little stir up. Oh, it smells way more, way more coffee flavor than I thought, actually. Mocha flavored. Shall we? We shall. Oh, daddy likes that. That's good. Oh, that's good. That is really good. You don't normally get like a coffee Oreo combo, but that works crazy well. Mmm. I just got like a whole half of an Oreo cookie, too. <laughs> That's a really good shake. I think this uh, could work as like a, you know, a morning iced coffee replacement. Yeah, yeah. Just get a milkshake to start your day. Wow. As uh, frequent listeners know, I'm not always wild about frozen drinks, but I'll hurt my stomach for this one. It doesn't seem overly sugary. I feel like once you throw in some coffee, mm-hmm. there's kind of like a, there's a maturity. That taste through cuts dessert. through, yeah, the kiddiness of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think I would recommend you going no straw because some of these Oreo chunks, there's not a straw big enough in the world. <laughs> you could try to suck it through a fucking toilet paper tube. You wouldn't get, <laughs> you wouldn't get it. There are huge chunks of Oreo in here, and it is a really nice touch. Wow. I can't recommend that enough. That might be one of the best shakes I've had in my life. Have you had a Muya shake before? So I have not. not. I have not. Have well, you? We gotta try more of them. You haven't? No. What are we doing? I saw recently they had like a peach cobbler shake Ugh. that looked really good. You know, I'm so on board with you, and then you say something like that. Yuck. You're so on board with me, and then I say that, and you gotta move cars? That's right. I gotta go to the quiet car. Otherwise, I'll scream. Uh, they do, I'm just looking at their selection right now, they do just have a straight-up coffee shake, which could be great. I think we uh, kick off the spoiler snacks discussion by just running through all the cameos. Yes. Because can I... We go, can we list our favorites? Sure. My favorite, I think Zazie Beats is Zazie. just chef's kiss. Oh my god. her and, and And so, her dying from the snake venom 
mm-hmm. is like you know like in theater when they talk about like acting for the back row yeah like it is the biggest performance yes. and her she's in such agony and yet Rich. she's the way she's like doing that during a fight <laughs> and knocking it, everything off a shelf she possibly can like looking at it and while brad pitt sits there punctuating it with like a can i get you water can i hold your hand you know, like, oh, you don't have another dose of the anti-venom. Uh, that was probably my second favorite cameo. Um, but she absolutely crushed it and was great as the Hornet. It's just, yeah, the Hornet is so goddamn good. Um, my favorite is by far Channing Tatum. Um, just because he's got like a few lines where you're just like, what? Wait. And it's just, it's pure comedy. It's very like a stupid, dumb thing. I feel like they made... Lost City, and we're just like, hey, you guys want to come over to this movie? Everyone. Everyone. It's a whole reunion. Everyone. And see, so there's the Ryan Reynolds cameo, which yeah. we can talk about and is great, but is like three seconds and could have been filmed anywhere. Yes. Channing Tatum, they brought onto set <laughs> yeah. for a two-minute part. <laughs> but it's so funny, and he comes back again later on, too, and it's just like, oh my god, it's so good. His lines are hilarious. I, I think the biggest surprise to me was Bad Bunny right. being used for like two minutes. Yeah, you think he's, he's headlining some promotional materials. You think he's like a main character. Yes. And he basically gets a flashback and a fight. Yeah. And it's a good flashback. And a great and fight. And a good fight. Yeah. But yeah, then he's gone. You're just like, that's oh. like one of the biggest uh, musicians like in, in the, the world. world. The biggest right now. And he's argue. just like, it's like a 10 minute part. Yeah. It's tiny. It's tiny. You got Logan Lerman, who's almost unrecognizable as the son. I don't even, even know who that is. You don't know Logan Lerman? No. I'm not going to get into it with you. Um, you got Masioka from yeah. Lost. Well, yeah, he's from uh, Heroes. I Heroes. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that, like, a bunch of little tiny cameos like that where you're just like, oh. Um, Karen Fukuhara from The Boys. I don't know if you've watched The Boys, but she came in and I was like, oh, my God. She she was the one who hands him the bottle of water, Brad Pitt. Oh, yeah. Um was just great just all these little little tiny ones that were so damn good the ryan reynolds one is so funny because it's one of those setup and payoffs that you don't even realize is a setup like the joke in the beginning about carver being sick yeah and brad pitt having to be there like you just think that's like a throwaway joke just like a dumb assassin thing and then you find out that's the whole reason he's in this situation is because of this misunderstanding. And Ryan Reynolds just takes one look back at the camera yep. and you're like, that motherfucker. <laughs> well, it's just like once once the uh, great or the white wolf, is that his name? Or the white, white death? death. White yeah. death says, you know, Carter. And he's like, Carter, what? Uh, it, it, you're just like, it all kind of clicks and you're like, oh, my God, what a ridiculous. The whole movie's based on misunderstandings, and like that is the biggest misunderstanding. Also, the reveal of Michael Shannon was just one of my favorite movies yeah. I've had in a, or favorite moments I've had in a theater in a super long time. Because the whole time I'm just like waiting. Yes. This person has to be a huge actor. And it, it has to be. And then you're like, Michael Shannon? Michael Shannon to me is the funniest actor out there. Like all of his interviews and stuff he does in real life, I'm like. You are my, I would love to hang out with you because you just seem like you're absolutely hilarious and don't care at all. And him taking this role and then just coming in in like the last 10 minutes and killing it. I mean, he does great. He's so good. Um, is so goddamn funny. Like that, when it pans up to his face, our theater like erupted in laughter. People were just pumped for it. But my God. 
I was actually bummed that I knew that Sandra Bullock was in this. Yeah. And I had no idea. It was just like a one minute part. I didn't know she was in it. When she got revealed at the end, I was like, oh. So if you remember, when we first talked about Bullet Train in mm-hmm. the summer movie wager, yeah. we looked up the cast. Oh. And we saw that. Because like, I think some of us were like, wait, Sandra Bullock? She's not in that movie. And then mm-hmm. I was like, well, on Google. Yep. That's what I knew. I, I thought she was more of a character in this yeah. movie. So I was just like, wait, where's... Oh, she got to be the girl. Do you know who she replaced, who was supposed to play that part? No, she was Lady Gaga. Really? Was supposed to be, play that part. Yeah. Replaced <laughs> wow. by Sandra. I think after Lost City, they probably said, get out of here, Gaga. He's like, here. I'm I'm doing Joker too. Sorry. So Brian Tyree Henry, I think my favorite performance. Aaron Taylor Johnson, very close second. Brad Pitt also up there. But Joey King, such a complicated part to play. Yes. Um, you know, she's doing different accents. She's playing, you know, a victim, a murderer, an assassin, a victim, a daughter, a victim, uh, a vengeful person. Like... And she's just going through it all so smoothly. And like even Brian Tyree Henry, when he sees her like acting, because he can read people so well, he's like, that's like, that's a real tear. That's amazing. Um, Great performance. Great performance from her. The unassuming villain role, I think, is really hard to pull off. Mm -hmm. And it can quickly become something that's like, oh, this is just kind of dumb. Like this person couldn't actually do this. But Yeah. yeah, I buy her manipulation. 100%. Again, that situation where she sets up this whole, like, you can't kill me because I'll kill your son. Yeah. And then that being one up by the grandpa being like, actually, I'm going to kill that person. Yep. It's so good. It's just good. Yeah. Everyone taking bigger bites and bigger and bigger (laughs) bites. It's just, it's just great. Yeah. That whole plot line with the father, son and grandfather, like, um, imagine that in a different movie. Like it could have been a serious drama movie. It is serious. It is. There really is no humor in that. And then. You know, we get all these kind of flashbacks to the White Death and to the, mm-hmm. the Yakuza, like the, the whole mob, yeah. that takeover scene. And that stuff is like so violent in a much darker way. Yeah. And then when you have that grandpa and the White Death facing off against each other, it's like everyone in this movie that has a sword mm-hmm. is serious. Yeah. And if you don't have a sword, you're not serious. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, that, that ending fight is like surprisingly impactful it is in that like with the train just being destroyed oh man and i I love the shot when like brad pitt's floating through it yes oh my god and catches the big mascot costume yeah that climax that fight you're just like man this is not the ending i expected no no you kind of expect it to go down like the comedic road more um, but it wraps it up with that a pretty serious note. And yeah, that I think that fight scene's great. The crash scene is excellent. Brad Pitt just finally getting some luck is excellent. But God, yeah, it's every part of this movie I just I just had such a blast with. Um, I think that the biggest laugh in my theater was when Brad Pitt accidentally opens the briefcase yeah. when they're handing it <laughs> yes. over and he just like yes. runs his hand over <laughs> the numbers and it's the perfect combination Cracks. and it opens and he's like, I'm sorry, I was doing it, <laughs> I was selling it. I was selling it. It was working. And um yeah, him and oh my God. The both the twins and Brad Pitt, I could just watch them interact with each other mm-hmm. all day. Brian Tyree Henry and Aaron Taylor Johnson, their chemistry is off the charts in this movie. They seem like straight real life brothers. Don't you feel like if this movie is successful enough that the powers that be are going to be like, we got to give them a show. Yes. Oh my God. Like I'd a prequel show. show. I would watch the hell out of that show about their hijinks. Like I, so Brian Tyree Henry goes down and I kind of knew like, I oh, he's got the bulletproof vest on. So he's probably fine. 
But then when Aaron um, gets shot, I was like, I got emotional. And then when Brian Tyree went and like saw him and screamed, I was like, I teared up. I was like, this movie's going to make me cry too. Yes, absolutely. Um, It really like sideswipes you. Yeah. In how it pulls at the heartstrings. Yeah. You just don't think it's that kind of movie. No. And that is like right after or before you had that water bottle point of view montage, which is just the silliest thing. But it's so great because by that point in the movie, each character's kind of had their title card pop up on screen and like you get their backstory and montage and everything, like how they got to where they are. And then it's like, you're like, well, we've met everyone like that's over. And then it's like, boom, the water bottle and it like starts in a vending machine. And you're like, just another absurd level to add to this. That just makes it so much fun. Like just because you're watching this stupid water bottle get just thrown around. Oh, it's just fantastic. And then, yeah, you know, it's full of sleeping powder for a huge chunk of it. You're just waiting for somebody to take a sip of water. And, oh, man. I, it's just, it's just a, a puzzle with so many moving pieces, and they're all super enjoyable. You know that Lemon has to be alive, but then the way he comes back into it at the very end with stealing the truck yes. and mowing her over... <laughs> It's it's just the cherry on the top. tangerine truck too. Yeah, one of the, yeah. I mean one of the best mid credit scenes I think I've seen in a long time. Yeah, because yeah, when he jumps off the train, you're like, well, he's probably going to survive, which made me super happy because I was like, I need more of that character, like the Thomas the Train shtick, and just being able to read people that well. When he, oh my god, when he's got Joey King, and he's like, well, you're the Diesel, so I have to kill you, you know, <laughs> like that. His line delivery in that scene is one of my favorites, and then like just the sticker. Yeah, this, when his brother the sticker, finds, finds the diesel sticker is and it's just like holding it there. And I, I had the biggest smile on my face <laughs> when he found that sticker. And you're just like, oh, Joey King's fucked in this scene. <laughs> like, he's going to absolutely kill her. And it's just like, oh, he's just looking at her like, diesel. It's just, I need my cousin Lars to see this to I tell know. me if the characters are accurate. I thought about it the entire time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but man, just what an absurd device to use in an adult movie with all adult characters like this guy just loves that's how he learned to read people everyone's one version one tank engine from thomas the tank engine and to just be putting stickers on people throughout like what a genius storytelling device like how who comes up with that and who okays it because it seems so dumb in theory but it works so well in this movie it's just insane to me. I, like you have to imagine that they had to get that signed off. Have somebody the, the Thomas the Tank Engine. People. Somebody I would assume, but I just oh, I absolutely loved that whole bit. Like trying to find the Diesel and Brad Pitt being like, "I'm not the Diesel." Like the the difference in how much people know about Thomas the Tank right. Engine, the various characters. Like, oh my god, just fantastic. Do you have much else to go over? I mean, I feel like we we. <laughs> On one hand, I feel like I'm touching everything, but I also feel like I'm going to watch it again and be like, man, we forgot like 20 things. Oh, we absolutely are not remembering everything. Get the biggest group of friends you can and go see this movie. Because the audience reaction and like the theater reaction throughout this whole movie is electric. Like there's laughter, there's crying, there's gasps of shock. Like <laughs> people, whenever somebody dies unexpectedly or after like being introduced a minute earlier, like it's just so fun to be in a room of people who are all feeling that at the same time. Um, it's just excellent. That's just excellent. This one. I'm glad that, you know, we (laughs) took us a while to figure out which movie to review. Yeah. And, uh, at first I wasn't so sure before I saw this, if this was going to be substantive for discussion, but, uh, there's nothing like a gush sesh. Nothing like it. Nothing like it. Yeah. I mean, it's, 
You know, it's funny because I, I we're both on Letterboxd. That's how we track which movies we watched. And I'm friends with the or I follow like a bunch of critics on there and people who I agree with. And um, one of one of the people whose taste I usually trust gave it two and a half stars and said it was over the top and a barrage of silly jokes and bloody action, which like why give that two and a half stars? It sounds great. And like this really long review and gave it two and a half stars. And then another person I follow who, who I trust their taste just had a short review, two words that just said had fun. <laughs> and I thought I want to be that. I want to be that guy as opposed to the guy who's nitpicking this movie. Like I had so much fun with this movie and I hope that everyone who goes to see it has as much fun or even half as much fun as I had. Yeah. Cause I was loving it. Um, it's just, don't overthink it. Go in there and have a good time and go home and think about how much fun you just had. Like, it's not an award winner. It's not going to, you know, sweep at the Oscars or anything. But, man, it is an explosively good time. And I absolutely love it. That's all I'm going to say. End it. Shut it down. <laughs> Dump it. Speaking of explosively good times. Yeah. You can find more of our episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor.fm, wherever podcasts are found. Literally anywhere. Uh, if you like what you hear, want to support the show, leave us a review wherever you're listening. Uh, it's the best way so, to uh, support this this endeavor of ours. You can also grab some of your very own Fast Food Film Friends merch at fastfoodfilmfriends.com or on every bullet train. We have uh, little kiosks now. We've got a little mascot walking around, <laughs> um, handing, handing out little stuffies. A little filmy. That's right. And foodie. What? Foodie and filmy. Uh, Fasty? Frenzy. You don't want to be fasty, let me tell you that much. It's very lean, unnervingly lean, skinny, fasty. Um, also, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Fast Food Film Friends, Twitter at FFFF Podcast. You can email us at fastfoodfilmfriends at gmail.com. Let us know what you want us to eat or watch or just talk about in general next, and we'll, we'll try to get to it. There's a little bit of a drought in the movies yeah. coming up in the next month, month and a half. Yeah. So really, let us know if there's something that you think, I want to hear you guys talk about this. Yeah. Let us know. Yeah, Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. Who knows? Could be anything. Could be anything. Um, let us know. Get at us. We're all over all those things. Until next time. Farewell. Farewell. I want to watch Bullet Train right now.